Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Feel the Heat. It's Friday, I know it's payday, I know y'all feeling good where you got some money in your pocket, but where is my money? Where is my money? No, but for real, thank you to everyone who taps in each and every Tuesday and Friday and give your feedback. We value you guys, we appreciate you guys. We thank John for his dedication on the track and for putting that track out for us. Moving forward, we got a lot of business going with John. Make sure you tap in with John. I'll give you his social media information at a later time. He can help you with some of your goals and your aspirations on any project that you're doing. Um, I'm going to give you the breakdown of how the episode is going to go. So, of course, you know we got our NCAA matchups of the week. we got our college hoops. we got our NFL news, the NBA news, and NBA pick'em. All right, so anything else that you guys want us to cover, make sure that you let us know. Make sure you get them questions and them topics in at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW. You can also tap in now on my website at www.bymsports.com. In the meantime, listen to this Montel track. And the first thing you're going to hear when we come back is me and Webb live going in about this Penn State Minnesota matchup. All right, see you there. I'm going to take the Raptors in that one simply because the Raptors have more people to pass the ball to. Like, you got Siakam, Kyle Lowry, who people, who a lot of people will say is trash, but Kyle Lowry is actually a very good player if you haven't been watching. Kyle Lowry is trash as hell. If he never won that championship last year with uh, Kawhi, people, people would still be talking about how trash he is. Don't you remember the narrative when the Le- LeBron was still in the East and the Raptors would go against them and they go against all these other teams and they, they will whoop them, man. Lowry is trash, bro. He's trash. He doesn't show up in important moments, bro. He's, He's trash, trash in the playoffs. That's, That's when what it matters. Mean. That's when you make your money, bro. He got a ring. That's all I'm going to say. He got a ring because of Kawhi and Siakam, not because of him. He probably had one good game in that series, and that was a, the finishing game. It was because of Siakam, because of Leonard, because of Fred Van Fleet, not because of Kyle Lowry. Nobody remember what Kyle Lowry did that series. Kyle Lowry did his part. What did he do? What did he do? His part, which wasn't a lot. <laughs> that don't make no sense, man. Get out of here, yo. I'm going to go with the Lakers on that matchup. They don't have enough to match up with the pieces that the Lakers got. All right, guys. So, um, as promised, we're getting ready to jump right into this Penn State, Minnesota lineup. But first, let me introduce you to Webb. He just tapped in. We're about to get into it. Everybody been going. I hope you're having a better day than me day. I've just been running around doing a bunch of errands, but nevertheless, I'm ready to get straight into it. All right, so you guys know the headliners this week. I don't have to tell you. You got number five, Penn State at number 13, Minnesota, and then you have LSU at Bama, a one versus two matchup, something we haven't seen, I don't think, since the college football playoffs started in the regular season anyway. So with that being said, um, before the season started, we had a few teams circled. There was like a must-see game on TV. But 
this game, Penn State versus Minnesota, has become the main dish this weekend for this Big Ten matchup. Both teams are undefeated, and the result will have major implications in both divisions. The Golden Golfers have a chance to prove they are a for-real team, and Penn State will have the opportunity to earn a resume-building victory that will look good for the college football playoff committee. My pick is Minnesota for the upset by seven. They run about 65 plays a game, 30 passing plays, and about 35 running plays, so a very balanced offensive scheme. But on defense, they're just as good as they are on offense. Um, They create about two turnovers per game. And their quarterback on offense, Tanner Morgan, has only thrown four interceptions to 18 touchdowns. And their lead back, Rodney Smith, has 111 yards um, left before he reached the 1,000-yard rushing mark this season, which he may get this afternoon against Penn State. That's my take. I'm taking Penn State. I like the the energy that Coach Fleck has brought um, to to Minnesota. I'm sorry if I said I'm taking Penn State. I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Minnesota. That's my pick, guys. Uh, Minnesota by seven. Coach Fleck and Golden Golfers will do damage. I mean, I'm, honestly, you really don't even have to get. You don't have to go to really go to analytics to make a good prediction on this game. And don't get me wrong, I don't really particularly watch Minnesota, but I am familiar with PJ Fleck. Um, Penn State, they're going to win. They have the overall better team. Although Minnesota, over their last few games, they have improved tremendously. Uh, In their last four games, they've only given up one sack versus their first four or five, they gave up 15. Um, Their rushing yards per attempt has improved from two and a half to around six yards. But you got to look at the last four teams that Minnesota played. The last four teams that Minnesota played, only one of them had a winning record, and it was Illinois, and their record is five and four. Uh, But anyway, also, gosh, I'm trying to think how I want to structure all this. Okay, yes. Penn State is 8-0 with the seventh hardest schedule in the nation. So I'm so just off that by itself, I'm taking Penn State. Penn State is a good choice, but I just feel like right now Minnesota has that momentum. I think that if Minnesota wins this game against Penn State this weekend, that this not only is good for the team, but this solidifies how good of a coach P.J. Fleck really is. If we remember, I believe back in the 2016-17 season, he took the Western Michigan Broncos to the uh, Cotton Bowl, and they were a number 13-ranked team. And to see this Minnesota team have a turnaround in their program to where they're at now and be ranked number 13 and have the chance to take down a number five, and depending how a couple of the other games go this week, could get into a top 10 berth. It solidifies his career. So I think Minnesota will pull it out. They have, you know, just as good as weapons. The only thing that um, Penn State has on them that I think you pointed out is their strength of schedule. They've actually played a hard, you know, harder teams going on into the season, whereas Minnesota hasn't played 
um, that many winning teams in their strength of schedule is a little bit weak, so they will get tested. But it, nonetheless, I think we'll have a good game. Hey, I mean, we'll see. That that's the that's the best I can say after that. We'll see. All right, so we got number one LSU versus number two Alabama at Bama. And really, to me, it's hard to go against Alabama as they have some of the best teams in college football over the last decade. But can LSU put Bama on notice that there's a new sheriff in town? And I'll give you three reasons why LSU can and will beat Bama this Saturday. Number one, Joe Burrow. And the passing attack will be the biggest test that Alabama has faced this year. Yes, Bama has a stout defense and they have five-star athletes across the board from D-line to the DBs, but LSU has enough pieces to create early and often, especially since Joe Burrow is completing 80% of his passes and has 30 touchdowns this season. Now, LSU, here's another reason LSU will win. They're ranked number four in offensive production as far as their receivers go and their backs go. And they've played tougher opponents. They have them ready for this matchup against Bama. Justin Jefferson, here's my number three reasons, the wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, plus Thaddeus Moss, and Terrace Marshall are all capable offensive weapons to put on a show and create an open space for LSU. I think it would be a close game, but I think LSU is going to edge them out. My pick is LSU. Yeah, I'm going to pick LSU and then... Going back to your uh, point when you were talking about Bama's defense, um, four or five of their best tacklers from last year won't even play. On top of losing Dylan Moses, which was their signal caller on defense. And obviously Tua isn't 100%. Um, and he will be a game-time decision, although I doubt he, he won't play unless he literally just can't walk. But Tua completes 74% of his passes with 27 touchdowns on the season and two interceptions. Burrow, on the other hand, completing 78% of his passes, 30 touchdowns, but four interceptions. Um, at this point, I think the Cardinals against Alabama, they, they have a great program. But LSU's beaten Florida. Uh, that's their biggest win to me. Bama, their best win was what Mississippi State. Uh, I wouldn't even say that. I would say their their biggest win uh, was uh, Texas or Texas A and M. Yeah, they played. Yeah, that's one thing. You know, my bad. I didn't mean to say Mississippi State. I meant to say Texas. For yeah, for for Bama, that's their biggest win. LSU, they faced a tough Florida team, a, a tough Auburn team. Yeah. The SEC is just has really good teams across the board. So to see the way the LSU is winning and putting on the show while doing it, putting on the clinic, their actually their quarterbacks putting on a clinic, is there there's no reason why someone can say that LSU can't be, beat Bama. I mean LSU's at a small disadvantage too. They're leading uh their line the linebacker Mike Divinity Jr. who is leading the team in sacks has left the team for personal reasons and he he won't play. He's, he's off the team. I did see that come up on Bleacher Report. But nonetheless, you guys heard it. We both picked LSU. 
Um, in the first game, Webb picked Penn State. I picked Minnesota, just to make that clear. But we do got a question from Tasia out of Atlanta. Thank you, Tasia, for sending this question. If Bama loses this weekend, are they automatically disqualified from the college football playoffs? Yes. Webb, you got an answer? Yes. Uh, I said it a second ago. And uh, if Alabama loses, they're out. Because, obviously, like I said a second ago, who have they played? Um... LSU, even if LSU still loses, LSU, I still think they'll still be in because of their wins over like Auburn and Florida, etc. But yeah, I think if Alabama loses, I think they're out. Yeah, definitely. Tasia, if Alabama loses this weekend, their only hope for to stay in the college football playoff hunt is for LSU to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship if Georgia gets there. Um, plus, they have to hope that Ohio State, Clemson, and Penn State lose a game. So the odds would be stacked against them if they were to lose this game against LSU. I think it's I think it's funny that all these years, uh, me especially, people have been crying about Alabama's strength of schedule, and I think they uh, they finally caught up with them this year if they lose. And I can't. I won't put it past Alabama that they can pull off the win. They're a very talented group of kids, have a very, very talented program, and great coaches there. I mean, but I think the time has run out. I mean, they're not third in the nation for no reason. All right, moving on to college hoops. Got some big games this weekend. Alex from Vegas says, "Is there a college hooper?" that can bring the same buzz that Zion did. Um, and my answer is Cole Anthony. Not sure if anybody got to check him out this week, but he plays for the Tar Heels, University of North Carolina Tar Heels. So he's, a, he's a son of former NBA player Greg Anthony. His debut was sizzling with 34 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. I mean, crossover, step back, get to the rim, dunk. Shooting 30-footers. Uh, this guy looked like he could be the number one, number two, number three pick, depending on who gets those picks um, in the coming lottery. I think LaMelo Ball has competition now to get that number one spot. I, I mean, right now, it looks like Cole Anthony is is that guy edging him right now. Um, what about you, Webb? Did you notice anybody that could take that buzz that Zion did or no? Well... LaMelo Ball, obviously, but I don't think there's anybody out there. I don't think there's anybody out there uh, that would garner the same attention and buzz as Zion because Zion was just such a special talent that we just never see. I mean, where was he? Where was he ranked um, in the top 100 players, if, if you remember at all? I believe- Zion in his freshman year? No, I'm talking about now in the NBA. He was ranked like number 49, 47 or something like that? Exactly. What what other what other guy this year do you know that would enter the NBA ranked 49th? Right now it's too early to tell. I mean, this is something we can address later on through the college season there are some ballers out there now 
but that's a very good question. Um, and like I said, we can revisit this later in the NCAA season when it gets closer to um, March Madness and things like that. Then we can address that because we'll see if Cole Anthony can really live up to this buzz. I mean, he he put a lot of people on notice that he was he was here and he was there for a reason. So I don't see him spending more than one year at Carolina. The angle, the angle I was really trying to go with that was I was basically saying, obviously, I'll give you another example. Obviously, we, we know D-Wade is, well, at least I think, is the third best shooting guard of all time. And obviously, again, this is opinionated, but there are facts to back it up. LeBron is the greatest player of all time. Now, they got drafted at the same time, but did D-Wade really have the same hype that LeBron did? No, absolutely not. He that's, didn't even have the same hype that Melo did. That's that's where I'm trying to go with this argument. Like, obviously, we knew D-Wade was a hooper, but he just didn't have the same attention. He didn't have, you know... I get what you're saying. I got you. I follow you. I follow you. I'm just, so, I didn't want to make it sound like I was saying that... I didn't want to take anything away from anybody who's actually out there really hooping. I'm just saying as like a very special once in a every so often kind of talent. Right. Once in a decade type talent. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you like you said, the LeBron. And then before that was like the Kobe buzz when he came out of college, out of high school to right. the pros. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Here's um two matchups you guys should pay attention to this weekend if you're into college hoops. Texas versus Purdue. Two keys for Purdue um, to win is to get Sasha Stefanich going early as he is their best three-point shooter and will probably make 100 threes this season. They also need to play defense at a high level as Texas will look to play up-tempo. On the other hand, Texas needs to stay true to their identity. They like to play up-tempo. Courtney Ramey and um, Andrew Jones will have to get going early and get buckets against a tough Purdue defense. Um, Andrew Jones just had a career-high 20 points in opening night after coming back from fighting um, leukemia. So shout-out to Andrew Jones. Wish him the best for the rest of the season. And then we have Florida State versus Florida. Current win streak belongs to Florida State with five straight wins against Florida. FSU is in search of finding the guys who, who will replace their top six scores on the team they lost last season. Florida has three reasons why FSU will not win. Big man Kerry Blackshear, guards Noah Locke, and Trey Mann are all bucket getters and big time defenders. And they're the reason, part of the reason that Florida is currently ranked number six. All right, moving forward to NFL news. You know, we got them games of the week. We're going to start off first in the AFC East. We got the Colts versus the Dolphins. Who are you taking? Taking the Colts. I don't really feel like I have to go into great detail as to why. I'm going to go with the Colts, too, um, as well. It's, it's just the, the the matchup, a lot of storylines around it that if Jacoby's not suiting up for the Colts, that they may be in trouble against Miami, who was able to get <laughs> a win over the Jets. But the Jets is not really comparable to the Colts, to be fair. All right, AFC West, we got the Chargers versus the Raiders. This is actually just a recap of what happened last night. Um, Webb, what went wrong for the Chargers last night? Phillip Rivers. I mean, there were 
there were multiple things, but Philip Rivers. Uh, he threw three interceptions. I mean, technically four, but one got called back. Um, he threw back-to-back interceptions on, I think, the first two drives and put the Chargers down 10-0. Um, he did throw two touchdowns, though, one to Austin Eckler to give them the 24-20 lead with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they couldn't do it. Derek Carr threw enough. Not Derek Carr, I'm sorry. Phillip Rivers threw another threw another interception on their last drive to try to tie, tie it up to Carl Joseph. Um, but anyway, Keenan Allen been very unproductive only had eight catches for 68 yards and Philip Rivers did overthrow him one time and that was I think the second interception I want to say but yeah Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs they did well Derek Carr 21 of 23 218 yards with one touchdown Josh Jacobs 16 carries 71 yards and a touchdown and a very important touchdown late in the game but yeah I blame it on Philip Rivers day what'd you see out there same thing, man. I don't really have to uh, reiterate that. Phillip Rivers looked like he was just ready to give the ball to the charge or to the Raiders whenever they felt like it. Um, terrible defense, no protection on the offensive line for the Chargers. They're going to continue to struggle as the season goes on. But let's go ahead and go forward with the AFC North. Bills versus the Browns. I'm going to take the Bills in this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, Odo Beckham, their best offensive player, has been unproductive. They can't even get him the ball. The best thing they got going for him is Nick Chubb and their defense. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. I wouldn't sleep on the fact that they got Kareem Hunt back now, and with him in the offense, it could be very um, dangerous for a, a very dangerous offense, but they have to get some things clicking on the receiving core before that offensive uh, rushing attack could be as potent as it should be. Right. Um Let's say uh, uh, AFC South. We got the Chiefs versus the Titans. Mahomes is back. I'm taking the Chiefs. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm taking the Titans. I just, I, I don't like the Chiefs' defense. They really, they've been suspect all season. They're liable to give up points at any moment. I'm taking the Titans. All right. So th- this is really. Um, Something to think about. I think I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. If Mahomes is back and he's, like, really healthy, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Only because I believe the Titans are missing their best corner. Malcolm Butler is out. And Corey Davis will be out on the offensive side. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. In the NFC East, we got the Vikings versus the Cowboys. Woo! Um... Take the Cowboys. I mean, Dak Prescott has been so shaky, but at the same time, Kirk Cousins is—he's equally as shaky. Um, plus, I got a lot of Dallas Cowboys players on my fantasy team, so I need them to do well. So I'm taking—I'm taking Dallas. Okay, but who has the better defense of the two teams? Who has, you would say who has the better defense? Um, the better defense, yeah. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I think the Vikings have a better defense. I think at times the Cowboys defense has been exposed 
in an unlikely fashion. So yeah, I think if the Vikings, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. Um, I I think the Kirk Cousins is going to find a rhythm with Stephon Diggs early, and then you add in um their their rookie uh, receiver. I believe his last name is Johnson. Yeah, B- he he's been B- BC or BG something like I think it's BC. Yeah, he's nasty. He's he's uh he's a good he's a good rookie, man. He's been playing well in place of Adam Thielen with the hamstring injury. So I'm gonna go with uh the Vikings. And then I uh, take into consideration, like you said, Dallas defense is not that great. They've been exposed. They have a really good uh defensive line and they have some some agile linebackers, but their DBs are exposed on a weekly basis. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings. In the NFC West, this is the matchup I'm so eager to see. We got the 49ers versus Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Who are you taking? I mean, all signs point to the 49ers, but just Russell Wilson affects the game that much. Um, the Seahawks pass rush is mediocre. Man, I'm taking the 49ers. Just all around, their team is just better. Just all around. I mean, outside of Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, but. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this game. I think Russell Wilson is going to find a way to get it done, just like he's been doing it all season. We'll see. In the NFC North, we got the Lions versus the Bears. And this is a matchup that seems like the Lions always get cheated in this matchup every single year. Somehow, some way, some call doesn't go their way that is supposed to go their way by the rule book. So um, because of that, I'm going to go with the Bears just because of that fact. I'm going to take the Lions. Their offense has been clicking this year. My only concern is the protection for Matt Stafford. Obviously, their pass, the Bears' pass rush is really good, and also I just the Bears' offense is just so mediocre with Trubisky. It's so limiting. I'm gonna take the Lions. All right, you got a score prediction for that game? Uh, I'm gonna go twenty-three to fourteen. Lions, twenty-three to fourteen. All right, NFC South, the Falcons versus the Saints. I know my pick. Falcons versus the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. The Falcons have been disappointing all season, and they haven't recovered yet. Um, Matt Matt Ryan's just coming back off that ankle injury, so we don't know how he's going to be. Can't take the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints as well. So that wraps us up for the games of the week. We will have recaps and, of course, our Fluker Real section on Tuesday uh, regarding some of these matchups. Moving forward, we have the NBA news. And I want to know, what are your thoughts on load management? I think load management is, barring that somebody has a legit injury, unlike Kawhi, like, because you see Doc Rivers just got fined for making statements inconsistent with Kawhi's health. Uh, yes. So I think load management is a bunch of baloney unless someone's actually hurt. But obviously you see people are finding ways around it to just rest up their players until the playoffs, which I assume that's what they're trying to do. 
Oh, of course, that's what they're trying to do. Um, it's unfortunate for the fans who go buy these tickets. Like, let's say, for instance, for the Wednesday matchup, it was the Clippers versus the Bucks. Okay, we want to see Kawhi versus Giannis again. We've seen it in in the Eastern um, Conference semis um, when you had the Bucks against um, the the Raptors, and you know Kawhi was very dominant in that series, but so was Giannis in his own perspective. Um, and I know fans bought those tickets in regards to see that matchup, and it didn't happen. I think it's unfair. I think that there needs to be something put in a collective bargaining agreement. As far as as far as low management, uh, Kawhi went into LA, getting that low management put into his contract, and that's the reason he signed with the Clippers instead of the Lakers. But the Lakers was like, you know, we're we're not doing that. We're not allowing you just to rest, just to save you for the playoffs. So people are coming to these games; they're paying five or six hundred dollars per ticket for a reason, and you know that's just not fair to the fans who go hoping to see the superstars and end up seeing the bench players play. This, off the top of my head, I wish the NBA would like, ex- like they have a third party, like medical something, medical team, department, whatever, that can give a second opinion on the health of these players. And if they're healthy enough to play, I think the teams that put the players on load management should be fine per game that they're out. So I think the Clippers should be fine per game that Kawhi missed. Yeah, and Doc pretty much said that they're going to continue to do it because, you know, he needs to be healthy and be in the best shape. But then he says, oh, well, Kawhi is really healthy. So which one is it? Is he healthy or is he hurt? Which one is it? Right. I don't know. All right, here's a question. This came up um, as I was speaking with Martel, and he said, can Paul George return to his MVP candidate form after having surgery on both shoulders. It was somewhere similar to that, what we were talking about, the question. And I think his game may transition a little bit more to a post-up type of game combined with the slasher. Um, He's already a slasher. And that's just depending on how his shoulders and arms feel after playing in several games. Like, is he another player that's going to be on load management? I imagine... He's going through rehabilitation on his shoulders right now, but they really won't know how effective, you know, the re- the rehab is, the rehab process has been until he gets in there and plays a couple games, until he plays 30 minutes a game or something like that. What do you feel about Paul George? Well, I mean, I'm going to give Paul the benefit of the doubt, considering the fact that he came back so strong from that leg injury. He actually he played better after the leg injury than before. And for people who don't know or aren't very uh, informed on it, he broke his leg in a Team USA scrimmage, I want to say in 20, like what, 14, 15? Something like that. Yeah. And he played exponentially better after coming back from that leg injury. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, I want to bear in mind that it's the shoulders. Like that's where... That's that's everything. (laughs) If you can't shoot, you can't play. But he's had some success before in with shot mechanics. He got a shot coach, changed his shot up. So I'm curious to see how the shoulder surgery will affect his shooting range, motion, stuff like that. But I think Paul George will be fine. 
Now, all right, we'll see when he returns. Now, getting back to that MVP level, Paul George. I don't know. That's my real answer. I I don't know. There's too many question marks. Okay. So here's another question. How vital is Dwight Howard to the Lakers' success? And I think that he's very vital. Uh, He gives them energy that they need off the bench. He's consistently creating hustle plays. In less than 20 minutes a game, he's averaging seven points, eight rebounds, three blocks, and shoots 79% from the field. And he actually adds another rim protector in the game for the Lakers. So he's very vital. I'm going to say he's he's doing exactly what the Lakers want him to do and maybe a little more. So I think Dwight Howard is doing he's doing well. And in terms of him being vital to the Lakers, as of right now, I said, yes, he could be a key piece of that interior game because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that the survival of the Lakers season depends on Dwight Howard, but obviously when you got guys off the bench that come in and give you the energy that he's giving the Lakers, it makes a difference. Those are the type of players that help you build championship teams. 100%. Uh, good, Good role players are important. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into NBA Pick'em before we wrap up. First matchup, 76ers versus the Nuggets. Hmm. I'm going to take the Sixers. Joel Embiid's back from suspension, obviously. Um, ben Simmons doing well, doing his thing. I like the Sixers, honestly. That's, that's just what it is. How about you? I'm going to go with the Sixers. Um, Joel Embiid, he's shooting the ball well. He's one. He, he is the best big man right now in the league. I mean, um, Anthony Davis is a big man, but I'm talking about pure center. He can do it all. He can post up. He can slash. He can he can set up the assist. He can step back and take a jumper. He plays defense. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the 76ers. Blazers versus the Nets. The Blazers just lost last night to the Clippers in a close they one. They have lost that game. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Trailblazers simply because Brooklyn, unless Kyrie's really, like, having a really good night, their games are close. A little close for comfort. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Blazers. I I like the way that Dame plays. Um, I like C.J. McCollum. I like Hassan Whiteside. He had, I think, 16 and, like, 19 last night. They're going to need him to do that every night to give them a fair chance to win some of these tougher matchups. So I'm going to go with the Blazers, too. How about the Heat versus the Lakers? This is a 10-30 game on the East Coast tonight on ESPN. Ah, that's tough. That's a tough one. Anthony Davis, all-world, obviously LeBron James. But at the same time, the Heat... The Heat looked a lot better this year. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, I don't know if you uh, know who that is. Do you know who uh, Kendrick Nunn is, rookie, the shooting guard? Drop 40 on Rockets. Yes. And Jimmy Jimmy Butler's back. But at the same time, I got to go with the Lakers. LeBron and AD, that pick and roll is unstoppable. I got to go with the Lakers just because that's my team, you know. But the Heat is going to give them a little bit trouble because they're so young. 
and they like to run on that floor. You got Tyler Hero there, Justice Winslow. These guys like to get out and sprint. They create plays. They shoot the three well. Um, Jimmy Butler has been known not to be such a great leader, but it seems like right now he got this Heat team clicking. They've come around him since he's come back. He had 30 points at halftime last night. So the Heat look really good to be a team who doesn't really have anybody, so to say, but Jimmy Butler. Oh, they have more than Jimmy Butler. They got three really good guards. That's what I mean. So to say, people are going to just see Jimmy Butler, but they're not going to really see the whole team as a whole. They have Myers uh, Myers Leonard. He's leading the league in three-point percentage and three-point attempts uh, this year so far. Oh yeah, I do. I did. I did know that. All right, we got Celtics versus the Spurs. LA had a big night last night. He dropped, I think, thirty-nine or forty, something like that. Thirty-nine points. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take the Spurs. I like Dejounte Murray. I like LA. I'm gonna take the Spurs. I gotta go with the, the Celtics, man. Um. I think they are a little bit, they have a little bit more depth there um, at, the, at the big man position. They got some interchangeable pieces there. Then you add in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kimba Walker. I like I like the Celtics in this matchup. I'm going to go with the Celtics. And then Sunday, we have Raptors versus the Lakers. I'm going to take the Raptors in that one simply because the Raptors have more people to pass the ball to like you got Siakam Kyle Lowry who people who a lot of people will say is trash but Kyle Lowry is actually a very good player if you haven't been watching him Kyle Lowry is trash as hell if he never won that championship last year with uh, Kawhi, people, people will still be talking about how trash he is don't you remember the narrative when the Le- LeBron was still in the east and the Raptors will go against them, and then they go yeah, against all these other teams, and they, they will whoop them, man. Lowry is trash, bro. He's trash. He doesn't show up in important moments, bro. He's trash, trash in the playoffs. That's, That's when it matters. That's when you make your money, bro. He got a ring. That's all I'm going to say. He got a ring because of Kawhi and Siakam, not because of him. He probably had one good game in that series, and that was a, the finishing game. It was because of Siakam, because of Leonard, because of Fred Van Fleet, not because of Kyle Lowry. Nobody remember what Kyle Lowry did that series. Kyle Lowry did his part. What did so, he do? What did he do? His part, which wasn't a lot. <laughs> that don't make no sense, man. Get out of here, yo. I'm going to go with the Lakers on that matchup. They don't have enough to match up with the pieces that the Lakers got. Um, anything else you got to add before we wrap up today? Nah, man, we can, nah. All right, guys, so happy Friday. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll catch you on Tuesday. Enjoy the matchups. Check in with us, tap in with us. You already know the site's anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat, www.eymsports.com, and on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW. You guys have a good Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you Tuesday.